The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It's David and Isaac. This is Hoop Ball Grizz coming to you. We, we keep saying the worst loss of the season. I, I don't know how many worst loss of the seasons we can have, but j- just terrible performance from the Grizzlies tonight. Uninspired, no energy, no effort on the defensive end, a lot of standing around on the offensive end, and they lost to one of the worst teams in the NBA in the stretch of a playoff run. Yeah, man, this, this is rough. I mean, there, there's no other way to – no way to dance around it. You can't put lipstick on a pig, so to speak. I mean, this is bad. I mean, you look at their remaining schedule, and this is by far the, the easiest opportunity they had to get a win, and they need really need to win all these games, uh, if, if you're being honest. And you're going to be favored in most of them. Um, and to lose this one, I mean, I I don't even know what to say anymore. We've seen this so many times this season. It's like a, a, like a broken record. Anytime they play a team that's, shorthanded or missing some of their main rotation guys, this is the result we get. And I don't understand it. This team is too good for this. I mean, you hear the goalposts move constantly. People saying, oh, well, this is a young team. Well, the, the Detroit Pistons were younger tonight. I mean, that's that's yeah. not an excuse for this. I mean, that that's probably, I mean, I always want to say worse than the G League version of the Pistons. The Pistons aren't even good when they're healthy. They're still one of the bottom teams in the league. I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, there's no other way to say this. Like you said, a lot of standing around, uh, just not performing. I mean, just not focused tonight and not locked in. And we go to the post-game press conference, and you hear from, from Taylor Jenkins to the players just kind of saying, we're, we're okay, we're fine, I know that, that, that what's going on, we'll be fine. And we've heard that over and over again over the last couple of weeks, and they're not fine. They haven't been fine, and I don't right now I don't see any any resemblance of them being fine or any thought that they – could be fine. I mean, you go, you look at Toronto on Saturday, that's a team that has struggled. But right now, do you feel any confidence they're going to go up there and win that game? I don't know, man. Not, not at all. That's it, it. It took everything in me in that presser not to raise my hand and ask the question that everybody's wondering. At the After the loss to the Knicks, Evan Barnes asked him uh, a question, and Jenkins says, I feel like we're on the right track. Yeah. If that still rings true today, what the hell is that track? What, what, this is not it. You cannot tell me that this is the right track. That this, if you look at the schedule, second game of a back to back, you miss me with all the bullcrap excuses tonight. I'm not trying to listen to them. A tired loss, a schedule loss on the second night of a back to back to a team that's, that's, actually worth losing to i may entertain it yeah but this is a bull crap this loss. Is not that. You, you cannot lose to this team you can't do it the the loss in the in los angeles to the clippers was awful this is far and away worse yeah this it, is it's worse. not even close because of the caliber of a te- the caliber of team how many games have we listened to brevin say you cannot do this you cannot do this to the game. You cannot disrespect the game. Something along those lines. And it happens so frequently. Is it because it's a young team? Sure, it's because it's a young team. But somebody has got to step up 
and take ownership of this crap. And, and if the players are not going to do it, somebody in that damn coaching staff needs to because this is not acceptable. Yes, I know that they're ahead of schedule on the rebuild. I know all of the excuses that you guys are going to throw at me and you're going to tweet at me. I understand all of that. But this team that they lost to tonight, it's not okay. Do not sit back and, oh, well, this front office, don't be Joe Mullinax. And, and yeah, I want to have I, Joe on the show because I, I want to chew love his Joe. ear off I love for Joe, that laissez-faire. Yeah, yeah, man. All about no, I can't get down with that, man. Joe. You do not watch this team and not have expectations. That is a crappy way of watching basketball. Maybe it's a happier way. Maybe I need to adopt Joe's style. And, and <laughs> I hate that Joe's not on here. I'm gonna stop. I'm not. I'm not really bashing Joe, but that's just not me. I'm not there, man. I cannot turn my mind around to look at it that way. I have, in some circumstances, looked at the at games that they've lost and been like. Okay, that was a youth loss. This was a fatigue loss. I've done that. I've been guilty of the same thing all year. But this was not that. This was a 100%. They didn't come to play. They didn't have the effort. They didn't have the energy. Jenkins said in the post game they had the energy early, and I call bullshit on that because <laughs> I never saw it for one freaking yeah, I mean, second they, from they all said on this roster. They all said it. The, the, the guys, the players that came after, Jaron said it. Uh, Bain said, I mean, they all said that they had the energy and we played hard tonight. And that, like you said, I mean, that's BS. I mean, it just is. And again, I mean, I've known Joe for a lot of years. I mean, I've been on GPP podcast several times in the past. I've had him on my radio show. But yeah, I mean, he lately is that goalpost moving stuff, man. I just can't can't get down with it. I mean, he's down there with, tonight and it, it is crazy because he'll say like when they're winning games, oh, well, this is basically on, on the wagon with that. And then as soon as one of these happens, he kind of walks it back. It's always a young team is, you know, with the front office doing their head of schedule. I don't, I don't want to hear that. Just like you said, I mean, I don't head of schedule or not, man. They, this is a, a glorified G league team that they lost to tonight. And Dude, I don't you even, got, you got, I don't torched, even, I'm, I'm sorry to talk over you. You no got problem. torched by Corey Joseph, bro. Corey Joseph. Torched. Corey Joseph, he he had 18 points and 11 assists, I think were his numbers, but he controlled this game. Corey Joseph controlled this game, dude. You cannot let that happen. You can't. You've seen DB lock up star players in this league and and hold them to lower than their their numbers. You got Wayne Ellington going to hit six threes. I mean, it's not, no disrespect to Wayne Ellington, but I mean, you you see DB lock up guys much much more talented than him, and you let him go off to get six of seven from three. Just crazy numbers from these guys that way above their averages tonight. I mean, it's it's just something that I mean, you you just can't let that happen. I mean, I don't even go with the young team excuse. I, I know you said that earlier. I don't even give them that much slack. I mean, we've seen this team perform at too high of a level for this to happen continuously over and over again, and I think. At this point, you have to start questioning the coaching staff. up. the motivation factor to, to be able to motivate these guys in the preparation. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. You would think eventually they would say, "Okay, we've lost to this, these type of teams four or five times this year. We're in a playoff race. We're not going to let that happen tonight." And again, we saw the same thing happen tonight. And I, from the first quarter, I was like, "They're going to lose this game." I could tell yeah. the way the game was going. I knew that they were going to end up losing this game, and that's what happened, man. And, and again, there's just no excuse for it i mean there's no i, I don't want to hear that all is developmental season i know it's what they said but if at some point you're competitive enough that you just can't use that i mean it's just 
Simple as that. I mean, I, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm on the same page as you, man. That's, and I did, I said the young team thing, but if this was the first time this happened, okay. But, yeah, but I mean, even, not, even, yeah, even good team, not, veteran teams are going to do it at some point, but not, yeah. I mean, that you can't do this over and over. They're too go, talented. Go back that. and go back and look at the, the schedule. And this is, I just went back to March, the loss in Oklahoma city, unacceptable. The first loss to the golden state warriors at home, unacceptable. They played like garbage in that game. Then you move on. They play pretty good for a little while. The loss in Madison square garden, when they had the Knicks beat and choked it away, unacceptable. They lost to the Pacers. Okay. I'll give them that one. The Pacers have played good at times this season, Saturday against the magic. Not an acceptable loss. The effort at home against the Knicks, not acceptable. And then tonight again against the Pistons, it's not acceptable. And, and I even skipped the freaking the Clippers loss, man. There's too many times. It, the, at what point, if, if now is not the time, at what point do you have to make somebody take responsibility for what's going on? It isn't even some that they end up winning that – where they, they could have lost, like the second, the second Golden State Warriors game, they didn't play well in that one either. They ended up yeah. winning that one, but they didn't didn't play well. And there's been several of those in the second OKC game. And OKC, they had to come back and and win that one. They really struggled in that one. I mean, you you see this all the I mean, you see this all the time. I mean, they, they, I mean, they win some of these games, even the ones that they win. I mean, they shouldn't be it shouldn't be that hard. And I mean, I don't and I don't know what to say about this, but Taylor Jenkins again, and I don't want to just pound on him I'm like uh, but I mean he just seems blase about it I, and I think it goes comes from this attitude of this is a developmental season it comes down from the top and they're just whatever happens they're okay with it we're gonna stick with our plan we're gonna do this with the rotation this is what we're gonna do we're gonna lose some games and that's just what it is if we make the playoffs fine if we're the seven seed we're fine if we're the 10th seed we're fine if we don't make the playoffs we're fine and I think that's just kind of their attitude and I think that's Triple down to the team. I think that's what we've seen, and it. And I'm just surprised that these guys aren't like after that next game. I really expected that to be an explosive press conference. I thought Taylor Jenkins would be fired up. I thought the players would be fired up, and they just kind of came in there, just kind of just like normal. Like, oh well, we lost. We'll play better the next game. I mean, we played hard, and that's just kind of what you what you get from, and that's what you've been getting over the last couple of weeks. And it's kind of surprising to me, and and I don't like it. And it kind of surprises me from the players. I mean, I can understand maybe from the coaching staff, even though I would expect him to be a little bit more upset with this. But from the players, I think that's kind of concerning as well. I mean, for them to to be saying how hard they played tonight, no, man, this is you. You don't come out, you don't lose to this team and, and say we played hard. I mean, that's you, that just doesn't fly. If you played hard, you you don't lose to this team. <laughs> no, that that's that's what it boils down to. Ja had a, a decent night, 20 points, three rebounds, five assists, and a block from him. He shot 10 threes tonight. Uh, Detroit's game plan was pretty clear, man. They were not going to let him have the paint, and he was taking what they were giving him. He he was knocking down the three early. Uh, he had three in the first quarter and then only made one the rest of the game. Not not a not a terrible game from him. Dylan Brooks was bad tonight. Yeah. Four for 16 from Rough. the field. Um, didn't have a single foul. Uh, before halftime, and then fouled out in the second half, and and I don't know how many minutes, but it was uh, it was not pretty. And his body yeah. language at the end, man, it just there was a play. I think it was BC that had the ball near the baseline, and he got trapped down there. And Ja 
and Dylan both were just standing outside of the arc, yeah. not moving. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And that that's not that's not a tired thing. That's a, you better reach down inside you and find something if you're gonna be a successful team, if you're gonna be a playoff team. That crap right there, you can't have it. You've got to find that killer instinct. You've got to find something in you that drives you to not let that happen. And these guys tonight didn't show that. And it's surprising because when you talk to these guys, and I'm like, I believe, I truly believe that Dylan and Ja are guys that genuinely want to win. They have the desire to win. They have all the tools needed. No doubt about that. But tonight made me question what kind of internal motivators they have. How and are I, you okay when you want to be a playoff team? How in the heck can you go out there and give this kind of effort tonight? Yeah, it surprises me. Uh, it goes back to what I said a minute ago with what they're saying in these post-game press conferences. It, it you would if if we didn't just know that they were in a playoff run, we think you think we were in week one of the season. The way they're just kind of blase about these losses from Taylor Jenkins down to the players. It just seems like they don't realize the magnitude of what's going on right now. I mean, you had an opportunity a week and a half ago to possibly be the six or seven seed. Now you're looking at nine, you could be looking at nine or ten. And that with this schedule, there's no way they should be in this position right now. And they just don't seem to have the sense of urgency. So it's really not surprising what we're seeing on the floor because if you listen to what they're saying, they don't have a sense of urgency about this. You by just listen to their comments and with DB, I think the fouls, I think, were getting in his head. I think he was just kind of checked out. I think yeah. he felt like he was getting called, getting a bad whistle, and just didn't give a damn anymore. I think that's kind of what we were seeing, and that's not something that we've seen from him. Like last year and early in his career, you, you might have seen some things like that, but I thought he had kind of matured past these kind of things. But I saw the same thing that you saw tonight. It just seemed like he got to kind of quit. Even when he fouled out, he wasn't really, didn't seem really upset. He just kind of went and sat down. like, okay, I'm. I'm out of here. Like, like I think he was ready to get out of there. That's kind of what yeah. it seemed to me. And I don't know, man. This is just rough and it's disappointing because, again, I mean, two weeks ago, this team was on, on a real high. I mean, we were talking about possibly six seed and missing the play and all together. And now things have gone to complete other direction, man. It's just rough to see. I mean, I, I know it's a quote-unquote developmental season. I know that's what they said, but it's just hard for me to get on train with that when, and, and on board with that when I've seen this team play at a, a level high enough to be in that conversation. Yeah, I man, I'm not in the mindset right now that I'm like, oh my God, the house is on fire. It's burning down. They may completely fall out of no, this play No, I mean, I think they're going to make the play-in. Even if it's 10 seed, I think, I think they'll they be there. they still make the play-in. But man, th- this is just, it's tough to watch. It, it's hard to watch these games when they're they're not they're if they're out there giving their like one hundred percent all if they're putting the effort in and they're losing these games because a team shooting something crazy sixty five percent from the field they're contested jump shots and they're just knocking them down kind of you know Edwards was knocking down some crazy shots in that game last night contested shots he was knocking them down. I'm not mad about him doing that. I'm not upset if they're out there, they're giving the effort and they lose the game, giving the effort. But th- this, it was an effort issue for me. And that that's a huge problem. It's a big problem. I mean, you, it was a layup line, layup line, pretty much. Well, the, 
It's our first. I mean, these guys were just walking straight to paint, laying the ball up, and what guys grade? weren't getting back. I mean, it was just live ball turnovers, guys. I mean, it mm-hmm. was bad. I mean, really, what, really what bad. What grade did they teach you to stop the ball on defense? What grade? Man, that's you, like the first, the first thing that you learn. Like third grade, second yeah. grade. Like yeah. whenever you start playing basketball, stop yeah. the ball, stop the ball. That's what. And they, they were not. And this is the going back to the Pacers game that they lost. Same thing. Doug McDermott, Malcolm Brogdon, just the, these guys to the rim. Just you know, oh look, boom, layup, 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 one right after another, and. And, 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 and I, again, I, I, at least, I want to apologize and, 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 to everybody that's listening. We're not generally this negative, man. No, man. But this it, is it, just a, it's it, brutal. It's brutal. They were JV was dominating early. They turned away from him. He ended the game with nineteen and sixteen. Kind of a bounce back game for him. Yeah, it felt like he could have. He should have had forty. With the, with the way that they looked at the first half, I mean, he could have gotten anything he wanted. I DM you during the game, and I'm like, at halftime, I think it was. I'm like, why are they going to get away from JV? I mean, he was absolutely cooking them in the first quarter, and they completely. Went away from that and got three point happy. Detroit started shooting threes. They're like, oh well, we want to want to do the same thing. Run up and down the court and shoot threes, and that's not what they do. They're a paint team first, and they go from the paint out. And they got happy shooting threes. Detroit just kind of got the lead and started going downhill. And again, I mean, I don't know if they just gave up and they just couldn't couldn't stop them. I mean, they they had some runs offensively, but defensively they just never had it all night. I mean, D- Detroit was just marching to the rim, pretty much getting whatever they wanted. Uh, driving kicks, they were getting the paint, they were getting wide open threes, it, and that's again with that level of talent, it's an effort thing. And I was talking to some people on Twitter, and I feel like Taylor Jenkins got outcoached tonight. Now I'm, I have a lot of respect for Dwayne Casey. I think he's a fantastic coach, but he shouldn't be outcoaching you with the roster that he had out there tonight. I mean, that's not not any excuse for that. I just think Taylor Jenkins got outcoached. I think you, if you had that advantage inside, and you saw what they were able to do, I don't know why you would go away from that. And that's not the first time we've seen that this year. We've seen yeah. JB start out the game hot, just killing guys, have 12, 13 points quickly, and then they just completely go away from it. We've seen that a lot this year, and we saw that again tonight because I, I think he could have had it 40. Wasn't, it wasn't because Detroit made defensive adjustments. No, no, they no. Did, they didn't have an answer for No, JB. they didn't have no answer for him. Isaiah Stewart is phenomenal. Great young player. He's been playing a lot more now that since Detroit's kind of mailing it in. Yeah, he's just not he, big he's enough. He's been great. He's not strong enough at this point no. to contain JV. Should have kept feeding him, and, and that, like you said, that that's happened multiple times. And it wasn't because Detroit made you know they didn't have somebody fronting him, denying the entry pass. They just went away from him. They being the Grizzlies went away from him for whatever reason. I don't know what that reasoning was. We'll never find out what that reasoning was, but it blows my mind. I'm going to look at some positive stuff from this game. Jaron had 17-5, four steals. His shot looked a little better early than, yeah. than what it has. It had been looking pretty flat. He knocked down one early. I'm like, oh, man, let Jaron get hot in this game. Let Jaron get hot. He can carry us to victory. It didn't work out, 17-5. and five. I, I think that he's getting back in shape. And yeah, he got some shots up. I think shape, I can't remember what game that was. He got stayed out of the game and got some threes up. And then you can tell that that he's been working on that shot because a lot of them were flat. They were short. And mm-hmm. that, that I know he hit that one from the top of the key tonight. And that looked like Jaron. That looked like Venice Jaron. I think. And and that's one thing that I'm I, why I'm not really worried about him because I mean it's not he's not having any problem moving or jumping or get getting lift. I think he's fine physically. I think it's just rust. So I think yeah. long-term he'll be fine. I'm not worried about him long-term. He doesn't look like a guy that's struggling with an injury or coming back 
having knee issues, anything. He looks fine physically. He, he just has to get his timing back and his rhythm back. And it might not happen this year. It might, it might be next year, but I think that's a good sign going forward. So I did like to like that tonight. I mean, he had to put back dunk. That, that shows you right there that he's feeling fine physically. Yeah, he had another missed dunk in there where he took the ball to the to the rim and he yeah. exploded. He he ended up missing the dunk. I think he kind of lost the the handle on the way up. Somebody smacked it or whatever. But yeah, he 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 looks healthy. I think this is just getting back in the game shape. Brandon Clark had another good game. He was four for seven from the field, ten point six rebounds, two blocks. John Conchar and Brandon Clark may have been the only two guys on the floor tonight that were bringing energy. Yeah, shout out to Jitty, man. I mean, he was everywhere. I mean, fantastic minutes tonight. 19 minutes at 11 points, five rebounds, hella efficient, five and six from the field, uh, one of two from three point three point range. I mean, great minutes. I mean, and, and he a lot of times he comes in and plays really great minutes. I mean, he maximizes his time on the floor. Uh, I mean, yeah. his per 48 minutes are probably off the charts. I mean, he does a fantastic <laughs> yeah. job when he when he comes in. So I, that's a definitely a bright spot tonight. I mean, he played hard and did everything he could. Yeah, he, I think that he goes out there and he's 100%, like 100 miles an hour all the time because he knows his minutes are limited. And he, he knows I'm not, I'm not going to play 30 minutes. I can go out here and give it everything for the, the 10, 12, 15, 18 minutes that I'm on the floor and I'm going to be fine. And it's fun to watch a guy like that. that. There's a reason he's a fan favorite. And watching what he's done tonight shows you exactly why. Yeah, uh, I mean, and you, and you look at uh, some of these numbers. Another thing that hurt them tonight is turnovers. I mean, John Morant, even though he had a good game with 20 points, he had five assists, five turnovers. He's been turning the ball over a lot now. With the type of player that he is, uh, that he's a player that tries these amazing things. So he's going to have a, a lot of turnovers. But he's had some ones late in games that really hurt him. He had one tonight. I can't remember exactly what the play was, but he had a bad one late in this game that, that kind of hurt him. And DB with six turnovers. To, to one assist. I mean, you just can't have that. You have 11 turnovers between Ja and, and DB. I mean, you, you're not going to win many games when you turn the ball over like that. Um, I mean, again, I hate to to jump on these guys like this, but, I mean, it's just a, a, a rough night. I mean, and they against this team, you just shouldn't have saw what you saw out there tonight. And, again, it's like a movie we've seen over and over. I mean, it plays out the same way. And the difference tonight is that usually – in these games, what happens is the Grizzlies have a, a double-digit lead and they blow it. That's not what happened tonight. Detroit just beat them. I mean, they control yeah, this game for most Grizzlies, of the games. Yeah, that, that was one thing Detroit done a great job of tonight. Every time the Grizzlies would knock on the door, when they when they, they had a couple opportunities where you they could either tie or <laughs> take the lead with a three, and Detroit made a run. Anytime the Grizzlies got close, Detroit made a play and went on a run and spread it back out. Grizzlies just couldn't get over the hump. Because yeah. I always I always felt like I was like, man, oh, they're not going to lose this one. At some point, uh, I was like, man, I said earlier in the first quarter they were going to lose, but I, every time the Grizzlies made a run, I was like, okay, this is it. All right, they're going to yeah. they're gonna take control of this game, and it just never happened. They get it down to three, one possession, and they'd have a turnover, and they go down in a, in a three or get an and one or something. Every time the Grizzlies play, they had an answer. Every time the Grizzlies made a run. And, I mean, give credit to them. I mean, as shorthanded as they were with guys that aren't normally getting these type of minutes, I mean, they played their butt off. They brought the energy just like uh, the, the guy said. I, I think you heard the word juice a lot in that press conference. I think pretty much all – Taylor Jenkins said it. I think Bain and Jaron Jackson used the word juice at some point in their, uh, in, in their questioning. 
Uh, they said that Detroit had the juice, and they really did. I mean, they came from the onset. These guys were ready to play. They weren't. They were playing with house money, as you kind of say, and they came out and played loose and played a fantastic game. So I'm not going to take anything away from them. I got to give them some credit tonight. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Good game from them. Got to be happy if you're a Pistons fan to see them beating anybody at this point in the season. Uh, you know, it's not going to change their lottery odds a whole lot because of where they're at in the standings. I think I'm ready to move on from tonight's game. Ne- next game is Saturday in – man, where's, where's Toronto playing this year? Yeah, or oh, I was at Tampa, 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 Tampa. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Next game in in Tampa on Saturday against the the Raptors. Um, I know Kyle Lowry didn't play tonight. I don't know if he's going to be back for that game. The Raptors have been kind of periodically resting different guys. Yeah, yeah. Lowry, guys Siakam. You know, it, it's uh they've had a lot of young guys playing where just because of where they are in the standings. So it's a game that the Grizzlies can win. Maybe after a day off, they'll come out with some energy. I, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to see. I hope that it's a better showing than what we saw tonight because I can't stomach another game like tonight, man. It was brutal. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to say that they're going to come out and, and win that game, because, it, but Toronto did come in, in here and beat up on them pretty bad, but that's a game where I don't know what it's going to be now. Normally, the Grizzlies would probably be favored in that game, but now – with kind of the the trajectory of what's going on now, I think Toronto might be a slight favorite in that one, especially coming off this loss tonight. Uh, and I just can't trust this team right now. They're gonna have, they're gonna have to show me. I'm not gonna. I would say that I feel like they're gonna bounce back and win, but I just don't know right now. This team, I don't like the body language. I don't like the things that they're saying in the post game press conferences. I just I want them to be pissed off, and they're not. And that's really been bugging me over the last couple of days. I kind of DM you about Jenkins, and I've I've been a big Jenkins guy, a big proponent of his, and I've kind of said that I've soured on him a little bit. I mean, I've just been haven't liked what I've seen over the, over the last couple of weeks. I don't from on the floor, and I don't like the things that they're saying, and it, it bothers me. I, I felt like these, I felt like these guys were uber competitive, and these guys really want to win, and their body language and things that they're saying just don't show that right now. So they got they got to come out and show me that they can can win a game. Come out, and I said that against Minnesota. Now they won a game, but it wasn't wasn't pretty. I was like, they need some good vibes right now. One of these teams that they're favorite just come out and win a game, no drama, no having to worry about the game, go out and win a game that you're supposed to, and tonight, I mean, they had the perfect opportunity, had it on a silver platter for tonight, and just couldn't get it done. Isaac lives in Memphis, but tonight he's from Missouri with the Show Me State. Shout out <laughs> Missouri there. Man, yeah, yeah I, exactly. I, dude, I, I agree with you. That That is... I hate, I hate to say losing faith in the team. I'm not convinced that they're going to come out and give any type of effort every night. Are, are they going to show up? Are they going to come out and play? Are they going to give the effort needed in order to win the game? And it's been consistently inconsistent throughout the entire season. I'm just, maybe I'm going to shift gears and go more into the, the, the Joe Mullinex. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know, man. It's I don't know, loss, loss of words, man. Just, just loss of words. It's tough to watch. It's hard to come on here. I, I dislike doing shows like this because I don't want to come on here and just spit venom about this team. There's a lot of things to like. There's a lot of things to enjoy. There are a ton of positives. There's a bright future in Memphis. We were just talking about Ja last night and the way his game is ascending. 
And yeah, man, there, there's you know you you can point out the positives, but nobody is above criticism. And a night like tonight cannot be a game that you're just uh, it's okay because it's a young team. No losses like this are not. They're they're not going to be. I'll never be okay with losses like this for as long as I'm a Grizzlies fan. Long after you know it, we're past Jaws Prime, he's retired. Don't care how bad that I, I will never be okay with the loss where the team just just does not put forth the effort. And I had a lot of people uh, at me tonight about man, just take the schedule. I I know the schedule's been brutal, but I mean, you look at Portland had a brutal schedule too. Portland and San Antonio had a worse, on paper had a worse schedule than the Grizzlies as far as. The, the teams they were playing, the back-to-back, et cetera, et cetera, in the second half, and Portland is on absolute tear right now, and that's a team that you just went up to Portland and punched them in the mouth two games in a row. So, I mean, I know this is a young team, but again, I just can't get down with that premise because of what I've seen from him. I know it's a, a tough schedule. I know they played a lot of back-to-backs. I know the legs are probably not there, but that's not an excuse to lose to this Detroit team or that Clipper team they lost to on a seven-game road trip. You should be able to just – on flat-out sheer talent, come in there and beat these guys. If you just put forth the any effort, you should be able to go in and beat these guys. They just haven't done it. And so I just can't give them that pass. I'm not going to do it. Some people might, like you said, Joe Mullinex is always really apologetic, half-glass-full guy when it comes to these type of things, but I, I can't do it. I, I wanted, I wanted to, to respond to some of his tweets tonight, but I was like, man, I'm not, not going to do it, man, because it's just going to get pissed off. I, I was watching what he was saying after the game. It's like, man, I, I can't get down with that, man. Yeah, I, th- that's why I want to have him on the show. Because, like I said, I'm, I'm not. I want to have Joe guy. on the show. Great guy. I, w- I want to talk to him. I love his stuff. Because you're limited on Twitter. I can't tell you how many times I've typed out a tweet and then I look and it's like 40 characters over. <laughs> and it's like, man, I can't get my point across. I know. I, that's what I hate yeah. about Twitter. I wish they'd go to so, unlimited. You know, I, I do. I want to have Joe on the show and, and let him kind of elaborate on where his mind is on it. Maybe he will enlighten me to uh, look at it from a different point of view because everybody does have a different point of view. But I, I'm too competitive to be in the mind state that he's in right now. So I don't know that he will change my mind. But I, I don't want to sit on here. Not that I was really, you know, I wasn't bad mouthing him. But, you know, I want him to have a chance to uh, to defend himself whenever it comes to this. Well, one thing shift. One- I was going to say real quick, well, one thing that I do like about uh, DBB is they have guys on both ends of the spectrum. You have Joe and you have Brandon Abraham, and then you have guys like Nick uh, Chester that are completely on opposite ends of the spectrum. So they definitely cover all bases with DBB. They got guys in the middle, probably like Parker Fleming. You got Joe, who's all the way on the conservative side, and then you got Nathan just, just flat out. Just insane. Trash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though he says that he's the most, what did he say the other day? He's the most. The, the, uh, the realest. The realest. Yeah, the said. realest guy with yeah. DVP. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, man, man the, the most real. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, the uh, most real. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> so I, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. There there was a uh, kind of a, a budding conversation on Twitter about the MVP race. Did you see before I ask you? Did did you see Nick Wright's take yeah, on Nikola Jokic? Yeah, I did. I did. I want to talk. About, I want to talk about that a little bit before we get out of here tonight, and then we'll, then we'll hit the road. This show's probably going to be a little bit shorter than what we normally do, but that's okay. Well, where do you stand on that? Like, get, give me your top three MVP guys right now, and then give me your MVP and tell me why. 
Yeah, that's that's tough. The, the Goal Jokic is definitely the MVP. I, I saw his thoughts on that, and, and and I think it's a lot of that is the mainstream thing. It's not the the guys that you think it would be normally. Uh, I mean, it's not the top names, even though Jokic is one hundred percent deserving. He doesn't quite get the credit that some of those other guys get. And I think from a national media standpoint, they'd rather for these big, big names to win it. And he's kind of not that guy. And, and I love it. That's why I like it so much, because I want somebody to come out that you think that's not normal. It's not LeBron or, or these type of guys to to win it. And, and so I, I really like that. So I, I disagree with him wholeheartedly on, on the fact that. But when you think about it, it's tough because it just depends on how you people view the MVP in different ways. A lot of people feel like it's the best player. And I don't think that's necessarily the case because I would put as, as much as I hate to say this, I, I would have, I would put Chris Paul in there. I think you look at Phoenix and what they were doing, they had Devin Booker and they didn't even sniff the playoffs. And now you look at kind of where they are. I think you got to give him a lot of credit for that. And even though he doesn't have the numbers, he's not putting up these 40 point games. Like you see Jokic doing anything like that. I think he's right there with him. And a third guy, I mean, I, 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 I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. I'm like drawing a blank, but those would probably be my top two guys. I know Kendrick Perkins said that, that, that he feels like Jokic is the guy and CP3 is right there, and I, I definitely agree with him. I mean, he kind of went out on some of these media guys that are saying that Jokic still doesn't deserve it either. That's insanity to me. And, again, it, it's just biased that they want somebody bigger name that he's an all-star and everything like that, but he's a European guy. He's just not getting – the credit that some of these other guys get, and that's just kind of what they want. It's just like when the Grizzlies back when they were going to the Western Conference Finals. You watch these national television shows during that time, and these guys were almost mad that the Grizzlies were going to the Western Conference Finals. They're just like, it's just not right for that to happen, and it's just a media bias um, and, and things like that, and it's always going to be that. But I agree 100% that Jokic, there's no question to me that he's the MVP right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I think Jokic is MVP, and I responded to a, a post that I, I think Jokic is MVP, and it's not particularly close right now because of what he's doing with that team. You, you look at Denver's record, and, and you, you I, I, I don't Murray. have the numbers here, what they've been since uh, since Murray's went down. I mean, they're, they're, they're 22 games over 500 in the three seed in the West without their second-best player. And that's, you know, he hadn't been out all season, but he went down at a pretty crucial time. And Jokic is care, he's backpacking this team. I don't have a problem having Chris Paul in the conversation. I think that he deserves to be there. The, but I do have kind of a counter argument to you. You said the nut, the Suns didn't sniff the playoffs. They did. Well, they, they did. Well, they, they did last year. Yeah. To the last day, they went 8 0 in the bubble without Chris Paul and had one team, like if the Grizzlies didn't win a game, the Grizzlies would have been out and the Suns would have been in. So there's there was talent on that roster before CP3 got there. But it, I mean, you I, I get, would think that the best record in the league right now, though. That's, oh, I mean, that's, yeah. that's, yeah, that's, that's a, I'm, a big that, league. I'm not sliding CP3, man. He's doing great things up there. And I don't like but, I don't like him as a I don't like him as a player, but I mean I give credit where his credit is due. I mean, he's taking that team to another level. I mean, they needed that veteran guy for that point guard. I always said that they were a point guard away from really doing something. I mean, they and they got a guy who, again, he's not going to put up the gaudy numbers that some of these other guys doing, but the impact that he has on the floor, um, it, the way that he lifts up his teammates and makes them better, I think he's the ultimate leader, the captain. I mean, and he's a, a guy, I mean, you just, I, I, Grizzly fans don't like him 
because of the wars that we had here with the Clippers. But I give him credit, man. I think that guy is a fantastic leader uh, for 14 for the point guard position. And again, man, I give him a lot of credit. I mean, that team jumped up. I, they, I, I think they still have the best record in the NBA. I know they did a couple of days ago. I haven't looked at the standings, but from I mean, they, you were right. I mean, they went eight zero in the bubble last year and were right there in the playoffs. So I might have misspoke a little bit. I was gonna maybe talk about a couple of years of 40, and they were close last year. But I mean, I don't think I, I didn't expect them to be where they are right now. I mean, I yeah. thought I knew they'd make yeah. the playoffs this year, but be talking about best record in the West, man. I never, never thought that. I thought they'd be five, four, five, six seed maybe. But I mean, they've done a tremendous job, and I think it's. A lot of that's due to him and the leadership that he's shown. Yeah, and they're actually the the Jazz passed them back up. The Jazz okay. are one game up on them for the best record in the league right now. But still, it's impressive. And I'm not trying to cheapen what Chris Paul is doing out there. But I mean, it's a but line I, between him and Jokic for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's what's pissing me off about this whole thing is that this mainstream media is trying to discredit what Jokic is doing, and, and that's not okay. I, I don't care that he's not. He's not LeBron. He's not Luka. He's not Giannis. He's not Harden. I don't care about any of that. He's the MVP. The other guy that's in the conversation is Embiid, and I'm not even going to entertain that argument. Embiid yeah, I just think he's missed too many games, games man. Season. That's why I don't even mention he's him. He's missed, missed too many games. His team is still in the top of the East with him missing 19 games. Sorry, man. That's not the MVP. You – yeah, I, I understand what he, what he's doing offensively. I know what his numbers are like. I know what kind of impact he has on this team. And th- they were around 500 in those 19 games. I think that the Sixers were 9 and 10 or 8 and 11s, something like that. They were pretty close to 500 in the 19 games that he missed. But to me, availability is the best ability. And missing 19 games, I, I don't think you need to be in the MVP conversation. No, that's why I mean, I, that's why I didn't even mention him. I just feel like you miss 19 games. That pretty much eliminates you in my mind. A lot of people think that he's still right there, and I just don't think he should be. I mean, I don't. it shouldn't even be any question right now. People are still kind of putting a B right there with him, and I, I just don't agree with that. I think Jokic is that guy. I mean, he's been there all year, and you lose Murray and for this team. To, because you look at that roster – you that's him. I mean, for the most part, you lose Will Barton too, and he's a big part of that team offensively. For they shouldn't be yeah. winning games like that. I mean, you got a young guy in Michael Porter Jr. that that's really good. But outside of that, I mean, that's not a team that you look at and say, man, that's a roster just full of yeah. up, just bursting he, with talent. He's doing it with Faku, Compazzo, and PJ Dozier. <laughs> yeah, man, starting point guard Compazzo, and you're winning games at the clip. They're winning third in the West. That that's that shows that's a testament to. How good he is! I mean, we you watch the games with the Grizzlies. I mean, he uh, the second game without Will Barton. I mean, he almost single handedly won that game. Had what do you have? Forty six in the first game. I mean, he's a absolute yeah. beast. I mean, it just he doesn't get the credit that he deserves, and it's because he he play, plays in Denver and he he's a European player. And I hate to say that, but I mean, Luca gets that kind of credit, but he's I don't I don't know why they don't he doesn't get the credit, but he's just not viewed in the same vein as those guys. Like you said, Luca Embiid, Harden, they just don't look at him the same way. Yeah, it's crazy to me. I think that it's going to be the biggest snub in the history of the league if he doesn't win MVP this year. It, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they gave it to Embiid. And that's crazy because that shouldn't even be the case, but it wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah, and that's the, these guys just pushing it. And people are eating it up. That That's what kills me. There are some. There are some that are not. But some of these, when these bigger name guys like, you know, when they're pushing this about, oh, Jokic doesn't deserve the MVP, I, 
what Nick Wright say? He said he was uh would be statistically the worst, the worst MVP, MVP in the last yeah. 35 years. Sorry, I'm not going to say what I was going to say because <laughs> I, I already dropped a few that I shouldn't have earlier in the show. <laughs> but no, no. St- Steve Nash, won yeah, MVP, 18 Steve and 10, bro. Yeah. 18 yeah. and 10. There, and Jokic is, is averaging far more than that. And I'm not listening. Don't come at me talking that. I'm fine that Steve Nash won that MVP. It's okay. He did have a massive impact on that team. I'm fine that he won MVP. But don't tell me that in the last 35 years, what Jokic is doing is going to be statistically the worst MVP that we've had because you and I both know that that's crap and you're getting paid lots of money to do this. You don't even have to look up your own stats. You got a freaking intern that's doing that for you. And and you can't know, dude. That's a bullcrap argument. I mean, these guys just say anything. Oh, I mean, I, I see some of these tweets for these national guys. I'm like, there is no way that you really believe what you're saying right now. Yeah, There's no way. Like I mean, Max Kellerman, that death star, death laser pointed at the world. I want Andre. Ig- Shut the yeah. hell up, bro. Yeah. No, you don't. The best shooter ever is who you pick. That's who you pick. I, Andre. No, I mean, it's, it's this, this, this crap with Nick Wright and the Andre Iguodala thing with Kellerman. <laughs> just it's in the same case, bro. It's in this. It, it's crap. And we're we're gonna leave it at that, guys. Say crap, we, we, crap and say, say crap and cap. That's what it is, yeah, man. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> man, we're, we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. Uh, we, we appreciate you guys listening. If you enjoy the show, go on iTunes and leave us a five star review. It really helps us out. It's super easy to do. I will walk you through it right now. If you go into your podcast app and you click on library and then find our show, when you click on our show and you scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page, that's where you leave the five star review. They help us when people are trying to find Grizzlies podcast. It will help propel us to the front. Any Anybody that uh, wants to, to get in there and help us out with that, we would definitely appreciate it. It helps us a ton. Thanks again for listening. You can get the show on Twitter at HoopballGrizz. I'm at DWill2111. Isaac, let them know where they can find you and get us out of here, man. Yeah, man. You can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals, man. Just like David said, man, go over to at HoopballGrizz and check us out. Man, a lot of great stuff. Man, we enjoy bringing these podcasts to you. We enjoy doing them. Uh, we'll be back on Saturday night. Man, Grizzlies traveling down to Tampa Bay to take on the Toronto Raptors. Man, hopefully, hopefully, man, we'll be talking about a win. Uh, we'll be coming back on here Saturday night. But other than that, we'll talk to you in a couple days. Man, thank you for checking out the Football Grizzlies podcast and go Grizz. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.